Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Must Have Seen TV, a self-made podcast. It's quite a show. This is Ethan Kay. He's gorgeous. He's one guest who knows how to take care of himself. By the way, my name is Brett. I take care of them both, which ain't easy, because producing a podcast after four and a half months in quarantine? That is murder. Hi, welcome to Must Have Seen TV. This is a... Totally different thing. That's Not the even. nicest anything. That's the nicest thing anyone said about me since my wedding vows. <laughs> that you are a gorgeous podcast guest that knows how to take care of yourself. Yeah, um, and only half of that is true because I don't take care of myself. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, in this context of heart to heart, it means that you know how to handle a gun. No, I mean like get oh. captured a lot, but be really um <laughs> smart about it. I don't know. <laughs> so this is not a normal episode of Must Have Seen TV. This is not part of the official canon because I am um episodes are numbered in my head. I've done 93, I think sitcom episodes and I'm counting down to 100. So that is why I'm um gesticulating i am specifying that this does not count this is not part of the 100 sitcom episodes so this is a bonus so on the wikipedia page this is going to be its own little entry of episodes that did not count yeah this is one this is a special bonus but it is a heart-to-heart episode i'm gonna hopefully maybe do five one from each season Mm -hmm. uh because i would you count the would you count the i'm dickens he's fenster as a bonus episode or is that a real episode that's a real episode that's a real sitcom hell yeah that's good literally like if you listen to the podcast every single episode is a real episode unless they say bonus in front of it if it's just me talking about old televisions like physical old televisions yeah. or um, uh, heart to heart, uh, which is um, but this. So this is not a sitcom. This is the first time on the podcast. We are not going to talk about a sitcom, which is why I am breaking like it is not part of the number. It is a bonus. So, Ethan, you're making history. I have made history before and I love making history. So this is uh, there's a great song called History Maker for an, an, a show called uh, uh, Yuri on Ice. That I ah. live my life by. It's all about just uh, following your dreams and being smart about it, and you're going to make history. <laughs> well, that is what, you know, that's definitely what we're doing this week, because I have fully lost my mind um, over uh, Heart to Heart. It has become a comfort watch, and so it's my podcast, and I can do what I want. And this is an old-ass show that's goofy as hell, and we're going to love talking about it. Um, so, this week... We're traveling to March 11th, 1980. Coal Miner's daughter ruled the box office. 
Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen topped the charts, and ABC aired the Heart to Heart episode Sixth Sense. Ethan, you must have seen Sixth Sense before today. Well, you know, I have not. And do you know why? It was because I was born 12 days after this episode aired. <laughs> I was born March 23rd, 1980. Oh, wait. I was like, what episode of Heart to Heart aired around that time? You might have been. Hold on. Let's read the, the DVD summary. I guess summary. it would be probably the next one. Seven days so later. This was March 11th. Uh, so the first episode that aired after you were born was Cruise at Your Own Risk. The Hearts take a luxurious cruise on a Heart Industries liner to investigate a series of jewel thefts. They find themselves at the mercy of rival burglars. So, oh, come on. That's, it's a good episode. They're on a cruise. I love any time that Jonathan Hart gets to wear vacation wear. So, Ethan, what yep. is your history with Heart to Heart? What am I doing to you? <laughs> uh, I can spell it after one or two attempts. Uh, I know nothing about it. I, I Honestly, this is something that you kind of uh, jumped on. And because we're all your friends, we're like, yeah, heart to heart. Humor me. My birthday Zoom was just evolved into me uh, fully dressed like Robert Wagner and talking about heart to heart. (laughs) Yeah, but that's fun. That's that's a good time. Uh, I know know nothing about it. I don't know who it stars. I don't know what the premise is. Are they detectives? Are they spies? Are are they like the thin man? Yeah. yeah. So this is also breaking from format because we've not watched the episode yet. I was like, let's, let's get into, let's like actually find out what your, what your um, baseline (laughs) knowledge is before we're actually going to watch the episode and then come back. Um, So you're, you're starting at zero. I'm starting at like, 0.2 0.2 okay so you've heard you've been in my proximity over the last I've, four months exactly I, i've heard you talk about it i've seen some pictures that you've put up on instagram my. and when and when we decided on which episode we're going to check out i actually went to the imdb page to check out you know who are some of the the actors what have they been doing what have the producers and writers been doing because that's that's something i like to bring to these oh yeah, yeah must have yeah. seen tv episodes and there's some good credits on this um so i when i was a little little child heart to heart used to come on cable on some network i used to watch probably a rerun of a sitcom that would come on after heart to heart rerun aired on like i guess tnt or tbs or something i'm actually at the point now where i want to find some nashville area tv guides from the early 90s just so i can find out what i was watching where i would catch the end of heart to heart. Um, also, side note: uh, in true heart to heart fashion, we are recording this during a spooky thunderstorm. Oh my gosh! It is it is straight up dark and stormy night over here. Yeah. So I don't know. We're both in like Jamaica Queens area, so we're we're in the same storm. Uh, so you might be hearing that, listeners. Um, but I grew up uh, seeing Robert Wagner on the television and not understanding the uh, desires I felt to look at his face. <laughs> as a child uh, and that stuck with me forever and since I never watched Heart to Heart uh, I would always watch whatever Natalie Wood documentaries like true crime <laughs> documentaries would come on low key just so I could be like I want another excuse to look at Robert Wagner who is maybe one of the five sexiest men to ever uh, walk the earth so is this your only experience with Robert Wagner or were you like were you a fan of Robert Wagner no. or did you know any about anything that he had done before? No, because when he, I, well, he had done other stuff. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very, I knew about heart to heart. So I knew about him through heart to heart. And then of course I'm a huge Austin Powers fan. Like 
yeah. uh, the Austin Powers trilogy was like my jam from 97 to was it 05 when did Goldmember come out 03 whatever I didn't watch it I think it was like 2003 so like oh so, yeah 97 to 03 so like number he was number two uh so I loved Robert Wagner also thought he was hot in those movies because I've always been this way um and yeah and then other than that Natalie Wood true crime documentaries <laughs> That's, <laughs> which admittedly half of them don't paint him in a good light <laughs> it depends yeah. on who's making it he's 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 one of those actors that kind of has that reputation of like well i don't know who's the uh who's beretta, beretta. Uh, the guy the guy who may have killed his wife probably killed his wife Wait, really yeah someone from um, beretta i thought you were gonna bring up matthew broderick and his like ireland hit and run oh <laughs> i don't Okay. <laughs> Wait, did you not know that? Um, no, I didn't know yeah, about like that. Yeah, like sometime in the 80s, uh, Matthew Broderick, I think, hit and run, maybe killed someone? I don't know. Uh, Robert Blake. Oh, That's Robert what I was Blake. thinking of. Yeah. Robert Blake. So, like, I don't know. I, I've gone through, if you go back and listen to my Heart to Heart about Heart to Heart episode uh, from a couple months <laughs> ago... I like, you know, it's going to be something that's going to come up every single time we do an episode, probably. Uh, but... Uh, you know what? I don't have I don't have evidence. I wasn't on the boat. Um, nope. nope. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken is literally the only person that knows, and I think that it is my. You know what? My take. Occam's razor. You know the mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. yeah, Occam's razor of like she fell. Like, it's like, you know, just why does everything have to be a crazy ass conspiracy? And most importantly, and this is what I believe, is the family, her her daughters, his daughters, don't think he did it, love him, have always supported him. And in the most recent uh, Natalie Wood documentary, What Remains Behind from HBO, which is also made by the Wood Wagner estate, um... They get into the fact that all of the tabloids and like all of the persistent rumors and investigations hurt them like it is an emotional toll. And honestly, I can't imagine that emotional toll. Yeah, imagine you're already, if you're, you're mourning somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's just like imagine if one of our spouses died. And in addition to mourning, we also then had to for the rest of our lives contend with rumors that we may have killed them like that right. is awful. That oh is my God. Yeah. God awful. And What's so, I was just as interesting is that Robert Wagner's career did not match the trajectory of Christopher Walken's. Oh, he went Christopher. Yeah. Christopher More Walken like is still, you know, well, it's like Christopher Walken, it was like his first movie or whatever that he was in with Natalie Wood. Like it was first or second. It was very young for him. I guess he just done mm. Deer Hunter, maybe. I don't know. Which which was first, Deer Hunter or Malagra Beanfield War? <sighs> I don't, it, it was probably Deer Hunter. I'm, at I'm the doing time, like Wagner had already been 30 years a celebrity because <clears throat> he's like a 1950s movie icon. Yeah, I was I was just looking at, at his uh, his IMDb profile because I'm sitting in front of my computer uh, like I do for eight hours, eight to nine to ten hours yeah. of my day already. <laughs> um, I was looking and he he actually did have his like a big series before Heart to Heart. Oh, he yeah. Was he had, on, uh, it takes a thief. Yeah, it takes Switch. a thief. Yeah. Which are two shows. That I, I think both of them only lasted four seasons each, and then Heart to Heart went five. That's um, a lot of seasons. Yeah, so 
It Takes a Thief is younger. It's like late 60s Robert Wagner. So he's like, it's close to peak. It's like very hot. A um, lot of neckerchiefs, a lot of paisley. Like it's gorgeous. And then Switch, a little bit older, a little bit hotter. Co-stars Eddie Albert, who I also have a crush on. <laughs> it was only five to six years later. Yeah. And like, then, yeah. So like he was like working it. Like this is a big deal. Um so yeah, and then I got in, after I watched that What Remains Behind on HBO, I took a sick day from work to watch it. Well, <laughs> I took a mental health day and I was like, I'll spend my day watching this. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself and watch Heart to Heart for the first time. Oh, and then I'm, went, I'm, I'm noticing that water is coming in our ceiling. Oh, God. I, I, I was joking when I said I wanted to get this on audio. Oh, it's coming through a, uh, a, light. a light fixture. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Uh, but then I got into heart to heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And oh my God. now here we are, months later. Um we ready to switch to watching the episode? Yeah, let's do it. And this. like fixing your uh, sudden leak. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> we'll be back with the episode. <laughs> and we are back. And it's actually been a whole day because, listeners, as you just heard, uh, we were in a thunderstorm last night, and Casa de Ethan went through some went through some shit. We got water coming in from the uh, the light fixtures, the wall, the vent, the ceiling, all just at once. Uh, everything got wet. It was not. It was not fun. It was not pretty. And I got to say, it was the topper to just a very strange, mm-hmm. uh, not that ideal kind of day. Hell and yeah. after I cleaned it up, I just went to bed. Well, you know, it's kind of like um, the fates or whatever didn't want us to do this episode, maybe. Dun, dun, and, dun. And that's because <laughs> it's a psychic episode <laughs> and there's some kind of meaning till we shouldn't have done it yesterday. We had to do it today. Yeah, so, Ethan, now that you have seen a full episode of Heart to Heart, your very first episode of Heart to Heart, what is Heart to Heart about? Heart to Heart is about two rich people pretending to do other jobs. And that's all That's all I can, I can tell. What do it's- Jonathan and Jennifer Hart do for a living? Uh, they have companies, as far as I can tell. <laughs> they have multiple companies that do multiple things. In this one, we got to see one division of I, the Heart Corporation. I don't know. <laughs> where they they develop psychics through yes. a psychic research lab. I am now realizing that I actually have the intro script that I need to read. I'm opening it up right now because Ooh. I was... Uh, zooming that dvd player to you so it required me to close literally every program in order to get to it listeners you're getting the uh full-on behind the scenes tea here because this week on it's opening this week on must have seen tv we're talking about the heart to heart episode sixth since it is the 18th episode of season one and it was written by bill Taub and bill lamond and joe lamond and was directed by ralph sineski here's how the dvd describes the episode the hearts enter the mysterious world of psychic phenomena and encounter a heart industries employee with amazing powers of esp a twin sister a wealthy grandfather and a deranged killer ethan how accurate is that description well he wasn't deranged I think he was pretty killer? well. He was pretty well ranged. Yeah, he was um, methodical. He was, he was methodical as fuck. So what I love 
I mean, we'll just get into all the things I love about Heart to Heart just as they come up. We'll start off with just... Go for it. Uh, you general know, note. General note, the villains on Heart to Heart are lit because they are all sociopath murderers who do not give a fuck. They want the money. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> gradation. They are just evil, evil, evil. And a lot of them, it is kind of a bummer that we're talking about a male villain episode because a lot of them are women and they are badass bitches that will just cold-blooded murder everyone in their path until they get the money they want. It's great. <laughs> This is uh, a, I'd say, cold-blooded guy because he had no remorse and no emotions who would not stop killing until he got the money that he, he wanted. He wanted that money, wanted to kill his half-sister <laughs> that he didn't know existed until he hired a private eye. Um, so One what other, what other questions do you have about the premise of Heart to Heart before we get into the plot of this episode? I, I, can I ask, does it get better? Oh, I mean, it is. Okay. Well, okay, here is the thing. <laughs> What is the definition of better? Because, because this was great. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I felt this was this is kind of like instead of like hard hitting punches, it was just kind of like little taps. It was a very mild episode. Uh very by the numbers. Like that you find out okay, here's another question about the setup. Yes. Do you usually find out who the murderer is in the first 15 minutes? Yeah, the the show never, like, <laughs> it's weird. We're going to try to, like, um, existentially unwrap what the point of the show is. Because the point of the show is not who did it, because you always know in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, like, it is very clear who did it. You watch, you see them do the murder always. And then you're just yeah. waiting to see the hearts, like, catch up to it. Or um, capture them. So this is where, as a critic, I get into my theory of criticism where I don't understand. Uh, so, like, um, I have a newspapers.com account now. So the listeners of the podcast, you're reaping the benefits of me accidentally not canceling my membership for it renewed for six months. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I decided to look up heart to heart articles from this week that this aired. And one of them was an interview with Stephanie Powers, who plays Jennifer, the co-lead. And the article was very salty. And it started off with, and mind you, this is season one. The show's only been on. And the intro to the article is something like, Heart to Heart is a super hit, but everyone agrees there's one problem. The stories. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is like you're starting an interview with G with Stephanie Powers. Like, she's going to be reading whatever. Um, here's, the, but here's, here's something crazy that if the problem is the stories now, it doesn't get five seasons. If yeah, the stories so, are bad in the first season, it usually does not get picked up for the second season. So I, Maybe think, that's that, because, I think that assessment oh. of it is inaccurate because I think... Heart to heart, starting with episode two. I don't like the pilot. Um, so episode one, the proper first episode. Pop stories are great <laughs> because I think you have to critique things on the level with which they are being intended. I use this example in an article I wrote a while ago. Like if Netflix marketed the Irishman as a Netflix Christmas original. Everyone would be like the Irishman. Like, it was great, but like. Why was it marketed as a Christmas original? This is a horrible Christmas original. Like, it doesn't take place at Christmas. It's way too long. It's way too serious. This isn't what I signed up for. Because um, I was tasked, I use this as an example, because I was tasked with uh, reviewing all of the Netflix Christmas movies last year. Um, and I gave a lot of them positive reviews because it's like, when you're reviewing a Netflix Christmas movie, you have to like, what are the criteria of Netflix Christmas movies? So... 
I think it's similar with Batman 66, which we talked about when you were on last time. Right. I am fully of the mind that the people behind Heart to Heart knew what they were doing. They knew what kind of show they were making. They knew that it made no sense, that it was goofy as hell, that it was essentially a 49 minute long like quasi comedy <laughs> like that, this is I, I, not a drama this is not a drama even though it was nominated in drama dramatic categories i, I would give it a light-hearted drama rather than yes. a comedy and, oh, yeah, and this is this was something that i wanted to kind of talk about uh, maybe even a little bit later when we get into the episode but i agree that we are in we are living in a postmodern world and we do look at everything with the lens of you know, however many years of television that we've that we've all grown up with and absorbed. But what I did think was, granted, it yes, it was in for, only had to you know take place in forty nine minutes, but there was no subtlety. No, there was no there was no nuance. Not it at was all. it was it was it was basically the equivalent of Robert Wagner opening a door and there's a guy and the guy stands there being like, hey, you know, the guy who just ran down the street, he just shot a girl. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the the. the that's the equivalent of the like, detective skills that yeah. they have going on. Oh, isn't it great though? <laughs> oh man, it's um. So so that is what what I think the show is. The show is campy as hell, which is not a thing that I picked up on as a child that only saw the end credits. Um, and watching it as a you know fully adult, thirty five now thirty six year old gay man. My birthday was recently. Um, hey. I can realize that this show was intentionally campy, intentionally like very gay, uh, fully over the top, fully like just totally ridiculous. And I, I would say of season one, this is on the campy scale. This is a four out of five, three out of five. Like it's this- not, it is not like at the most insane, like the, um, the shooting spree in a beauty salon. And that episode opens with a full minute long glamour shots montage set to disco music of just women posing. <laughs> and, yeah. Like that is great. Yeah. Anytime you do a, an episode about psychics, it automatically becomes campy. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of show you're doing. If you, if you add psychics to <sighs> it, it gets campy. So, so I, I think I, that in, I, I agree with you. I think that in 1980, people were being like, "This show is credited as a drama, my TV guide," and I'm tuning in, and it is fully silly. How dare it? The stories are awful. Which I mean, like, yeah, if you're tuning in expecting like Hill Street Blues or St. Elsewhere or something, like, yeah, it is awful. Well, but what, if you're tuning in for a good time on a Wednesday night in 1980, you're golden. <laughs> Well, here, okay, this is my my issue with it now, after having watched the episode, because let's, let's just get into it. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the, the one thing that I thought this had going for it, which was comedy. Yeah. Which I thought that it did. And then I watched the episode and it doesn't. Oh, see, I, I, I live. Well, it's the delivery. It's it's the fact that Robert Wagner is not a funny person. No. He, he cannot deliver these lines. No. He delivers them in the way that Jake LaMotta delivers them in Raging Bull when he's doing the comedy act. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're these like they're lines that you identify oh, as Oh, baby. Yeah, they're, they're like they're they're incongruous and they could be funny oh. and they could be jokes, but you listen to him deliver it and it's like he's throwing them out like slaps, like yeah. he's slapping it's someone. Great. <laughs> See, and I, I'm but, like yeah. I think that it's just like it 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 makes so little sense. It does not work around to the point that it totally works for me. Because, and so this is like, I mean, I said in the intro, I think Robert Wagner is one of the five most sexy men 
that's ever like walked the earth uh it's like fully going to be an issue in this in talking about this episode um more so than podcast listeners if you're sick of me thirsting after men of the past you're going to get really <laughs> upset with this episode but there's just something so delightful about him presenting at this like old Hollywood man's man, like fancy man. And is also just saying with as hard as he can to the best of his abilities, the cheesiest Batman 66 one liners. And I just like applaud him for going for it. He delivers them like they are verbal jabs yeah. where he's trying to one up his wife. I, uh, and it's, it just comes across as, <laughs> You know how it is, and I've I've been this guy in the room where you, it's it's someone who just keeps cracking jokes, <laughs> and just none of them land, but they don't they don't stop. Yeah, I've been it, that guy. You know, I mean, I'm, 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 the, I'm, the, I'm that guy on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so the so what did you think? So now that you've seen the episode, you heard the opening credits, and now you understand why I called you gorgeous at the beginning of this episode. Yes, the opening credits. First off, the music is straight out of 70s Bollywood. Isn't it great? Oh, yeah. I, l- yeah. I actually love it. It's a great the, theme uh, song. It's got that. It's got that. Um, <laughs> they do. They do varying yeah. tweaks on it every single year. What I love is every single season, they they switch out the clips they show uh, oh, yeah. to be. But what I, I'm on season five now, my first time through, and it's the final season. And they've incorporated scenes from all five seasons. That's nice. So part of me wants to just show the opening credits of season five to people to be like, this is the show because it's just the most ridiculous moments from five years. <laughs> it's kind of like how the A team yeah. would would show in the opening montage, it would just show like their most ridiculous clips. Yeah. And like maybe like maybe like one scene per episode was that kind of ridiculous. But you watch the opening credits and you're like, oh, so there are Cylons. Yeah. And he dresses <laughs> up like a, a, a crocodile and he's dressed up in a in a in a veil and a wedding dress like that's exactly what the the hard to hard opening credits are it's just like oh my god they go on so many chases on various forms of slow vehiclery uh so the episode opens with our villain of the week um whose name i fully he's like herbert whitley is the character's name san sanford whitley sanford whitley he's the grandson of herbert uh, who owns half of california they toss out yeah so he is seeing his personal fortune teller which i have to say it is so lucky that the hearts, like for the hearts, that this week the villain of the week has a personal fortune teller, and the sister of the victim <laughs> is also a psychic. Well, when it because rains, the of entirety course. of the end, like, depends on them having a villain that believes in psychics, goes to a psychic, has a trusted <laughs> psychic that they can. It's just such a. I love it. And I'm glad that we watched this episode and that you invited me to watch this episode because I am a spiritualist minister with the Spiritualist Church of New York City. Uh, I have been trained as a medium, as a psychic medium. I have certification through, um, uh, not, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, through a psychic development class. Oh. Um, I was going to say, it's not hanging oh, on your wall, the diploma. No, it's, it's Holistic Studies Institute. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was kidding. I was getting confused, like at the tip of my tongue with the spiritualist. Um, never mind. The, the, <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm certified through the, uh, the Holistic Studies Institute. And I, I wanted to look at this episode through those lenses and kind of say what's good, what's bad, what's real. And I, I got to say, like the, the way that psychics are presented here is pretty legit oh okay hey psychic consultant getting an a plus (laughs) for this episode whoever worked on it um 
So in the first scene, it is the bad guy visiting the psychic. And so we can give the psychic, uh, the psychic half an A plus. I will give the ascot half a D plus. Bad ascot. I have problems with how ascots are represented on heart to heart on the whole. Now, <laughs> let's unpack this. I've had a lot of uh, vodka, if that's not clear. Um, the drink I made last night, I put in the fridge overnight so I could finish it. <laughs> um, so I love the fashion of Heart to Heart. I think Jonathan Hart is one of the best dressed men in pop culture history. That's why I started the Instagram account, Jonathan Hart Style. So just follow that on Instagram where I'm documenting the looks he wears in every episode. Uh, he looks uh, so stiff. I, he, his, his it looks like he has like a board across his shoulders. His shoulders and a board are so going up broad. His back. Uh, it's just his back is. So, oh, God, Ethan. There's, a, like, there's an episode it, where he wears a towel and nothing but a towel and you can see his back and it's great. <laughs> it's like his father was a California beach and his mother was a scarecrow. Oh, thank God. Hot sexy scarecrow um <laughs> but like i so what I, I love about his style is that it's very timeless and it's very robert wagner it is not what men were wearing in 1980 um he is very resistant to a lot of the trends of 1980 uh like his his suit silhouettes are very classic which i find super refreshing and cool which is why i love his style is that it's very you could wear everything he's wearing in these episodes now i try to um but when it comes to the ascots, they always they're always way too big, way too loose and way too puffy. And it, they don't look clean and good and like cozy like they're supposed to. So that is so, my so that's rant. your complaint. That's my, my complaint rant. was my complaint was that the the tarot reader was doing actually a very bad job <laughs> of of tarot. And I don't I don't mean to say that like it's 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 reflective on psychics as a whole this is just if i was watching someone do a bad reading that's exactly the reading that i would be uh. seeing someone just saying i see a woman a, another face and she's in your way like that's so vague that's, it's vague it's fishing it's kind of like letting the person put the make the connections themselves and sometimes you can't you can't get away uh, you can't get around that. But a good psychic reading, even with tarot cards, would be um, basic. Okay, take a step back. There are two ways that people can do tarot cards. There's the the memorization way and the actual clairvoyant way. Yeah. The memorization way is you buy a book of what does it mean when you turn over this card. What does it mean when you turn over this card? And you just memorize all oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very basic, and anyone can do it. Well, if you have a good memory. And this took me a little while to learn when I was kind of working through all, uh, all the work that I was doing was a, a clairvoyant or psychic tarot reading takes the card and uses that card to trigger the, the psychic impulses. So you're not you're not, what the the reader is doing is not telling you oh this card means bad luck this card yeah, means somebody else yeah. it would be the same as as just a, any other mediumistic or psychic reading just using something as a as an impetus like a first spark yeah to get the uh, to get the the psychic um, directed in certain ways so I've seen tarot readings that are. Someone being like, "Hey, I got a book. Let's do the tarot reading." And I've seen psychic Let's readings party. that are just that are just like 
so good and so full and just just based on like dropping three cards and saying you know i can tell that your mom is sick in vermont she's got uh, uh chest problems she's uh, in the hospital and you haven't seen her in six months like that kind of stuff yeah yeah based on the on these cards what we saw in the episode was I see she's a woman. Vigorine. Yeah, I see a woman. Yeah. But she did draw the death card, and she was accurate. Although it's because he was definitely planning on murdering his sister. But the but in but the death card, and anyone you know, he even just does the memorization thing. The death card doesn't mean you're going to die. It, it means a whole host of other things. Like it's like you're going to strangle like a, someone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means in this one. Um, the, first, the next thing in the episode takes place at Kimocal, which is part of Heart Industries. So their jobs, Jonathan is an industrialist. He's essentially Tony Stark. And have I fancied around with the idea of drawing a picture of Robert Wagner as Tony Stark as Stephanie Powers' as Black Widow? Yes, I have. Who hasn't? Have I done it? Not yet. Is quarantine going to keep going for the rest of the year? Probably. So will I get to it? Maybe. Um, now, Brett, we are recording this at the week of Comic-Con, and a lot of artists are doing stay-at-home con. Oh, I should and, and they're this? taking commissions. So. I should have gotten Paolo Rivera to do the uh, to paint Robert Wagner for me. No, I think you were... I think I your, your initial... You'll see it all. Uh, yeah. So what they're ideas. doing, and this is what I love about Heart to Heart, is just all of a sudden for this one episode, there's a psychic testing division of Heart Industries, and they are testing one of the employees for psychic stuff. She's acing it. She's outpacing her previous psychic test because apparently they test her regularly and this cracked me up too because it was they were doing the thing where they have the cards where they flip over the card it's, it's from got the star, ghostbusters the circle. Yes, when it's, Zen- is hitting on the lady it's very ghostbusters it's they're called zenner cards and yeah. they actually kind of work but they don't work so well if a you're in a room with a giant mirror next to you so you can <laughs> see what the cards watch. are or the person who's oh, flipping yeah. over the cards is wearing glasses. Oh yeah, like that. Oh wow. So you can, there are two two times that this that this psychic could uh, have see just seen the reflections of, of everything. <laughs> so it's just very shoddy. What is most important about this scene, though, is the suit that Jonathan Hart is wearing, which is a <laughs> no, fucking not. gorgeous gray pinstripe double-breasted suit. I want it so bad. It is. It is maybe it's one of his most iconic suits, in my opinion. Uh, it's a it's a repeat. He wears it often, and just the way that it hugs his torso is very nice. And it is also a six by two button closure, which oh, um, it took me a long time to learn out what those num to learn what those numbers meant. So, uh, <laughs> do you know how to describe double breasted suits? Because there are a bunch of different kinds. No, I so, was actually paying more attention to the, the cast. How like the main doctor? <laughs> I'm just looking at the old like the main doctor's uh, <laughs> credits on IMDb, and he plays either doctors, lawyers, or course, judges. Look at him; he's so <laughs> nerdily authoritative. Um, this doctors, is, judges, <laughs> attorneys. The uh, the girl getting uh, Sarah is her name. Uh, Heart Industries employee Sarah gets uh, all of a sudden starts feeling a strangling. She freaks out. Falls over. Everyone rushes in. Jonathan rushes in first because he's a man of action and he takes charge while always dressed impeccably. That's just ruining all the scientific controls. That's yes. fine. <laughs> so it turns out that um, what I love. And so this is the other thing. Let's talk about this on the whole is the Hart's relationship with law enforcement because Jonathan Hart oh just has the police lieutenant 
number is memorized. Calls him all the time. He call, So in this scene, he calls up the police lieutenant because the psychic is saying she saw a woman be strangled and was stra- feeling strangled herself. So he calls the police lieutenant, who's fully like on his lunch break. Like he is chillaxing. He is nothing is going on. And Jonathan's just like, have any women been strangled lately? <laughs> because, you know, yeah. Can yes. you just call up the police department and ask them, anyone been strangled lately? Anyway. And here's something weird that... I, I expected this Lieutenant Gillis to be like a regular. No. He was only in three episodes. They have a rotating menagerie of police people because I think he comes back. So there's a guy that is their regular police contact in like seasons maybe one through three, like after this. Um, the thing is, is like there. This is that kind of eighty show where there are no recurring. There are no regular. There are no regulars. There is Jonathan and Jennifer and Max, their butler. Max, their butler. And that is it. And then everyone else is like every episode. Nowadays they do this, but it's like CSI and they have a cast of like 10. Um, or, it's, or it's like um, uh, Pawn Stars. Where they, it's, <laughs> it's the same guys, but then like every fourth episode they'll invite. Well, I got to bring one of my buddies in. He seems yeah. to know a lot about old ships. It's I the same of, buddies. I kind of miss this. Like it's, it's very Magnum Murder Shira where it's like we have one or two leads and then every single episode we are figuring out where we are casting an <laughs> all new show building all new sets and going to all new locations it seems like the hardest kind of show to make all these locations are pretty i'm imagining that most of these locations are actually just apartments and houses and yeah, offices or just like, that they just rented out we or the, like, like we shoot easy. on this lot and they have like an office set that they just redeco over and over yeah. again um i did want to point out that the actress playing sarah just looks so much like parker posey to me she's got a very parker uh, yeah. posey vibe to me uh, uh i'm looking her up right now her name is laurie laurie heineman uh she did a lot of like tv in the 70s of course and that's that's it and her most recent credit, she was a judge. So you're in this world, you're either a doctor, judge, an attorney, lawyer. or a judge. Uh, so then we get a scene of the, we get to learn more about the villain scheme. And, you know, kudos to the screenwriters for not like they don't tell you the whole plan right up top. Because the first scene with the villains, you're like, I don't understand what they're talking about. There's an old man. It's his grandfather. They're like they're looking into an orphanage. He's looking at inheritance. It's like, what? How does this all come together? Um, what was the villain scheme, Ethan? I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> the villain scheme was he, uh, <laughs> he found out that he had a half sister. And he thought just one half sister. A one half sister. And he was the heir to a big fortune, half of California. He owns as half they, of California. They, and he did not want to share with the half sister. So he pro- hired a private investigator to identify her and he would kill her, kill her. death card boom <laughs> so yeah that, that's that's this that's the scheme um the next scene is a classic another reason so another the reason why honestly the reason why heart to heart is um i don't know gay canon uh must see tv etc is the dynamic between jonathan and jennifer hart a 40 ish year old couple who do not have children love fashion love traveling and just want to fuck all the time they are a gay couple 
<laughs> like, was this, was this them in the bedroom? Them in the bedroom. That is okay. why you watch Heart to Heart is for the scenes of them in the bedroom where they are just being so catty and flirty and just relentlessly. It's this, Heart to Heart is like if Murder She Wrote, if Jessica Fletcher just wanted to bone instead of solving murders, <laughs> but murders kept happening and she had to keep being like, "Fuck, I have to go solve this." Boning, she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about the the scene though, because there's a scene in it where she where Jennifer is looking through her her bathroom stuff, her huge she, bathroom. Yeah, their moderate. their house is insane. Like their walk in closet is a New York apartment. It is fully wild. It's it's larger than your normal bathroom. I would I would say. Oh, it's it, well, yeah. She's it's looking around. A, it, it is part of a larger walk in closet area that is like twice the size of the bathroom. It's nuts. So she's looking around for something and she says, where is my and Jonathan Hart goes, it's in the bottom drawer. Yeah, he knows. And and, and what she was looking for was baby oil. Yeah. And I maybe this is me being dumb, but she's she comes out and she's smearing the baby oil all over her neck and chest. Mostly mostly just her neck and her shoulders. I'm kind of wondering, like. I don't know what baby oil does. I don't know either. I she's just she is just something that she decided to just rub all over her. Well, she must neck. do it every night because Jonathan knew where it was. And honestly, I do not think canonically Jonathan Hart is psychic, so I think that it had to have been a routine. Yeah, he's not psychic. <laughs> um and I wanted to point out the pajamas he's wearing are these gorgeous like white like satin pajamas and like they're just so good and I I need more. I need more of these pajamas. And See, it is that, so we, hard that, to find men's pajamas that aren't Deadpool onesies. That's where you and I differ. Because the thing I was looking for, I noticed they had a touch lamp. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> they had a touch lamp. She leans over and she touches the lamp, and the lamp went off. I was like, oh, it's I didn't easy. know they had that technology well, in 1980. The scene, well, and you know what? If if anything is going to facilitate them getting down to business faster, Jonathan is going to invest in that technology and get touch it as lamp. soon as it's on the market. And touch touch lamp, he's like, if this will help us get to the bone zone quicker, I'm getting it. Because how does this scene end? They fucking <laughs> they're turning off the but, lights because they're making eyes at each other. Then why did they put on pajamas? I don't know what their kinks are. They might find them erotic. It's, it's, it's like driving up to the drive-through at McDonald's, and you're talking to the person, <laughs> and you're about to get your order, and you put the window up. Yeah, whatever. And you're like, well, I mean, it you, could have been. So, like, I think like it was a spontaneous, spontaneous lovemaking moment. They weren't planning on it, but the mood just overwhelms <laughs> them. And even though the mood is overwhelming them, literally every time they're on screen together, they still act like I don't know. It might not happen right now. The mood it, is Jonathan Hart being cocky and saying some oh dismissive God. stuff, and that's that. And it's so good. God, mm. he's just, he is, I think he's my ideal TV character. Uh, listen, also, quarantine has changed me, Ethan. You haven't seen me, well, you've seen me physically once in the past four months. I, I know your husband, and, and Seb is not like a wooden statue that just dresses <laughs> nicely. He's a, he's a fully fledged, well, no, like, no, wonderful see, like, person. Jonathan Hart is both, so I want to be Jonathan Hart, um, but I want also to wear want, the skin. I want to wear the skin. He puts the lotion, <laughs> puts the baby oil on baby the skin. Oil on his skin. Um, so then we cut to uh, who we find out is Maggie, Sarah's twin sister. And it is the scene of the is it the private investigator picking her up? Like they've tracked no, her down. It is, it, it is uh it, it is Sanford, Sanford. Whitley. Murderous and, Sanford. 
Was there an implication that she was a hooker or am I just getting that vibe off of the crazy ass electric blue hooker pants that she was wearing? I don't know what this, the thing was. What happened? They just was, said she works near Crowley's or at Crowley's or something. She works at Crowley's. Sanford Whitley drives up. She's waiting outside. No explanation who she is. You 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 expect that it's going to be Sarah, and he says, "I think she says, Mister Whitley," and he says, "Yes, get in." And they focus on his face, and that's it. There's no connection of how they knew to meet there. That yeah, she's just, met him previously. The show thinks you're smart. The show knows you can pick it up as you go along. You said it wasn't subtle. This was subtle. <laughs> this is a plot hole. <laughs> we need we need him to get to murder somebody. Let's just have him drive up and have her get in his car for no reason. So what is great is the next scene is this is why the cops relationship, the LAPD's relationship with Jonathan Hart. And I guess granted, Jonathan Hart is a bajillionaire. So I guess it is like. If Elon Musk was always giving the cops tips. Yeah, if you're a white if you're a white millionaire yeah, in LA, gonna, you can do gonna, cop work. They're gonna do what Lieutenant Gillis does, which is pay a house visit. He just shows up because I earlier know. in the day, Jonathan Hart had called asking about strangulations. So Lieutenant Gillis shows up overnight. Jonathan Hart is wearing a very nice like terry cloth brown robe. And he's like, You called about strangulations earlier. Someone was strangled. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it reminds me of the show that I'm watching that went on hiatus during the quarantine, but it's coming back called The Millionaire Detective Balance (laughs) Unlimited. It's a Japanese show. It's a Japanese cartoon about a millionaire or he's a billionaire who just decides he wants to be a detective, walks in, joins the police force and... He, his his method of doing everything is just pay for everything. That's he this just, show. It is. That's hard to hard. <laughs> they ripped it off. So this is where we find out. So while the cop is there, they get a call from Sarah and Max answers. And it's like, wait, you thought Sarah was dead? No, Sarah's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about Max for a Max minute? Max is I great. Think- he, I, I think he's the best part of the Lionel show. Stander. So he is like an old Hollywood actor. He was blacklisted in the 50s. No way. Boom, boom, boom. I did not read that entire section of his Wikipedia, but I know it's true. Uh, he. It was like very interesting. Uh, I he was in Transformers, the movie. <gasps> oh, was it who? he was Cup. He oh, was Cup. Cup is. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that Cup is great. Uh, so, yeah. Transformers. Uh, was he in Transformers, the TV show? I don't believe well, was so. I mean, I know the show continued after the movie, unlike G.I. Joe, which was canceled after the movie, and then they had to reboot it with Sumbo. I know, with Deke. Anyway, that yeah. was a tangent. Um, so, no, like, this is not a Max-heavy episode. What? So, this is another thing that I love about Jonathan Hart's butler, like, chauffeur, valet, or whatever, is Max, who is a grizzled old cigar chop. He's basically... Ben Grimm, aged 70. Like, he is the thing, but... <laughs> he's like Phil Hartman's unfrozen caveman yeah, lawyer. He's great. But instead of going to law school, he drives a car. I'm a butler, and I'm not... He's a great cook, though. He has a lot of um, novelty aprons that he wears. Oh, he, he was he was a joy to watch. I was glad to see him every time he popped up. And you also didn't get a lot of freeway in this episode, which is their dog. Just at the end. Yeah. Um, the- so this is another thing that I might point up in future heart to heart episodes of this podcast is that not only are Jonathan Jennifer always getting busy, 
Max and Freeway are also always scoring with the ladies. Every really? single time Max has an episode, it is because he has he's dating a new lady who's taken an interest in him. Or like he goes to the hospital and all of a sudden, like the nurse is fancy in him. Like and then there are <laughs> at least, I think, two episodes where Freeway, the dog, falls in love. He, uh, Max is kind of like if Ernest Borgnine had a shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> brother, brother Ernest Borgnine. He's, he's a fellow Mason. Um, also, there's an, there's another scene after this. I guess when they are talking to Sarah comes over to the house the next day. The only thing I wrote in my notes was chest, 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 because uh, Jonathan Hart is wearing a shirt that is, of course, unbuttoned. He unbuttons, I think, a minimum of four buttons. So you always see the chest. Chest, chest, chest. And it's just, it's glorious. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just perfect. <laughs> we we all take different things from the episode. This is, yeah, this, this is, uh, this is my problem. Uh, uh, not a problem. It's perfect. So this is when we find, this is when they go to the house. They go to um, Maggie's apartment. They find out where she lives, and they're like, "We're gonna go investigate because apparently this might be your sister." Um, well, they don't, the, the reason they find out is because Sarah has a premonition, has a clairvoyant vision that oh. the apartment they were driving by mm. was her, was the dead woman's apartment. Yeah. So they go in, and the first thing they see when they go in the apartment. Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, the car that they're driving. Jonathan has a British car. Mm-hmm. Did you notice like the it was yeah, a British the, car? It was on the wrong yeah. side. Yeah, I yeah. noticed it. I noticed it in the opening credits because Max gets in. Yeah, on that side. Uh, there's probably so the Wikipedia entry. Like I think in the intro at the beginning, it lists all the cars that are on the show because I think car people might love heart to heart. I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm sure this yeah, is. Yeah, they like have a lot catnip. of good cars in this show. Um, he is also wearing again a impeccable three piece suit. So like, what is great about Jonathan Hart's suits? Is the fact that he he indulges in big lapels, which is a very eighties thing, but he doesn't go big shoulder pads. He does like he doesn't do a lot of padding up top. It's actually a very soft shoulder. It's just his shoulders are so broad that, honey, it looks like he's wearing shoulder pads, but he's not, so it looks natural. Um, and I just I, I just love his suits. I love that he only ever wears three piece suits and double breasted suits. You will very rarely clock him in separates or a single breasted suit. This is why you should follow Jonathan Hart's style on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so they get to the apartment. The first thing they find when they walk in the apartment is, Ethan, how many framed photos of just yourself do you have in your apartment? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I have, I have zero. And, and not just a framed photo, a, an 8 by 10 yeah. desk frame. It seems like a, a glamour shot. On a table by itself. Yeah. And I, now listen, I'm a vain motherfucker. Um, I do not have any photos of just me hanging up anywhere. It's me and my husband or me and my friends. So yeah, they're, they're pictures of me and Megan. I actually have a couple on the, on the refrigerator from like weird things that I did. Like there was a time I dressed like Harry Potter for a, a mall promotion. I think there's one but of me doing like, like an a, improv show. It's not like but a like, JCPenney no. glamour shot of you. No, it's not an eight by 10 Hello, glamour shot. Honestly, I think it would actually be pretty hilarious if I went and got some glamour shots made and just had those. Framed on my desk next to my laptop. A quick story. My mom wanted me to get uh, graduation <laughs> portraits when I was graduated from high school. Because I don't know why. 
Um, yeah. And they had, I, we went to, I think it was like Walmart or JCPenney or something. And I asked, what, what, what do you have for me? And they're like, well, we have all these things. And I got to see like the things they don't usually show people. So I'm like, I want that. So they're my graduation <laughs> pictures of me uh, leaning on a balloon with a whole balloon background. <laughs> and that was my graduation photo because I'm like, I want that. I want the balloons. <laughs> like I say, like it was like the gangster realness or something. <laughs> There's another one with me like standing on like a a, a wooden fence in the woods. <laughs> uh, like you did. 1998. So they, they sit there because they're waiting for me to get a vision. And then like, I don't know if they go to commercial break or what, but they like dissolve or go to the next scene. It is fully nighttime. Mm-hmm. The implication is they have been there for hours waiting for her to have a vision. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they were in a different room. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is so like in the meantime the villain has told the private eye uh, Mr. Teresi he's like hey I'm cut I'm cut well he he doesn't have an accent he's more like I'm cutting you off like I don't need your services anymore and if you've left any loose ends you better go tie them up which is what leads uh, Mr. Teresi to Maggie's apartment while Al Teresi while they're all there Played by Joe Mantell what how many judges and no he definitely played like heavies and criminals uh, right uh he was, he was italian a, names alby lose and Mannix. Mm. uh i mean he was i actually a lot of cops yeah that makes sense cop villain uh, a lot of yeah a lot of like toughs so this is when we get uh the episode's requisite chase scene because he comes in the apartment and they catch him He's like, good, 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 good. She's alive. Blah, 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 blah. Because they didn't know she was a twin. He runs out. Jonathan Hart, just mind you, in a, you know, like an impeccable, possibly bespoke, definitely made to measure three piece suit running after him, chasing him down an alley, throwing him into trash cans, roughing him up. Um, but Al Teresi breaks free. And what happens to him? Uh, he, gets he gets hit, hit by, by a 16 wheeler. <laughs> It's hit by a 16-wheeler that was going about 15 miles an hour, and he rockets about 10 feet in It's like he bounces way. off of it. Because <laughs> they, when they the, rush and find the body, he is fully clear of it, but he is dead. Stunk old. Yeah. Uh, how, can you, how can you run in a three-piece suit? Like, I can't even, does like, it? I can't even tie my shoes in them. They're just so... See, I think that when you're as rich as Jonathan Hart, you know that you can afford to get new ones. You can wear them with with abandon. Like, you can just throw caution to the wind and just be like, I'm going to move freely because it doesn't... Like, when I'm wearing my double-rested suit that is the most expensive thing I own, I am very cautious because I am a poor um, and I can't afford a new one. Or maybe he has those, like, action slacks that Chuck Norris used to advertise in old comic <gasps> oh, books. maybe. Where the crotch is all, like, spandex, kind of, like, stretchy material. Oh, so you can, like, do kicks and run and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. I really want to picture Jonathan Hart with spandex crotch. <laughs> I want to picture Jonathan Hart standing next to Chuck Norris. Oh, God. Um, so then we get... So now that they now know who this Tracy guy is, we're the, Jonathan and Jennifer, of course, like, well... We're millionaires with the disposable income and literally nothing else to do. Let's go explore his office. They go to his office. Jonathan is wearing a That's just white privilege right there. Wool, like a wool flannel kind of like great textured coat. I love it. Um, they investigate Al Teresi's janky ass office. Which is a set. This was not shot on location. This was a set. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, this is when they... <laughs> 
<laughs> they find the file. They find like the inactive file in the trash because Altrici threw um, Sanford's file in the trash. And as soon as seeing the last name, Jonathan's like, oh, yeah, him. He's like the owns half of California. One of the great things I love about Heart to Heart is literally they know everyone. If they go into a restaurant and they see the Mater D, they know the Mater D by first name. They know the hairdressers by first name. They know everyone by name. That's cool. That's class that you can't buy. Exactly. Yeah. But Honestly. It is such a cool. So I'm realizing like from a screenwriting point of view, if you have the very, very wealthy motherfuckers that Jennifer and Jonathan are who like all intents and purposes don't have to know anyone. They have money to like sue God, you know? Yeah. But if you establish that they know literally everyone by the first name, you immediately ground them humanize them show that they that they're capable of empathy which honestly are millionaires capable of inf- empathy i don't know you know well, find out next week <laughs> so it, it is a really cool screenwriting touch that they just like show that they are friendly to everyone know everyone keep tabs on everyone the fact that they were talking about his employee sarah while they were in bed about to bone loving it how they they knew lieutenant gillis yeah by name yeah just call him up know his number like they're just friends with everyone i love them that is a positive thing yeah i'd say that 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 is is something that really does make them likable is that they do care about the little guy they do and also like i wish more millionaires were doing this irl jeff bezos solve homelessness you have a trillion dollars it wouldn't be that expensive it wouldn't be that expensive for you dude um this is where they come up with the scheme because they're like, well, we obviously need to go talk to this uh, Sanford guy. How are we going to do that? The private eye he hired is dead. And then Jonathan's like, you know, who isn't dead? His partner. And Jennifer's like, oh, oh what are you going to do, man? He said that through like a number of just like these one liners that just did not land at all. Just Except they was- were. Absolutely Half of his dialogue perfect. was just like bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Absolutely and like, perfect. Oh, and so uh, then the next scene is him at first of all, the grandfather Whitley or whatever lives in like a castle. Like that house was wild. They have castles in California. Yeah, it's very castly. Jonathan he shows at the magic. He lives at the magic castle. Jonathan shows up at the house dressed as the private eye. He is wearing a. Fa- he looks like. Raphael going up to the street from the sewer. <laughs> he's wearing a trench coat and a fedora. He's going by the name Marlo. He's chewing on a toothpick and he's speaking with like an old timey accent. And you like cannot that- tell me that they thought they were making a serious show. No, of course not. That's the kind of thing <laughs> that you'd see on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. It's just like 10 times more offensive in some oh way. Oh my God. Is, is Jonathan Hart Mac with money? <laughs> like money and taste? I'm a, de- I'm a detective now. I'm a de- now I'm going to do detective stuff. Because, no, like he goes and he's full on like, Marlo, see? Like, yeah, come like. Rah, rah, rah. Now, now, here's another question for you, because th- you've seen enough of this of this show. Oh, yeah. Do they only pretend to be detectives or do they pretend to be other professions? Oh, like, oh, now I mean, I'm a florist. I'm now I you work saw on in this episode, boat. Jennifer pretends to be a psychic. Now. The the pretending is not a big part of the show. They don't do a... I'm trying to think. They don't do a lot of, like, undercover work. Also because Jonathan and Jennifer Hart are celebrities. They're, like, in the local... You know, they're in the society pages. He's a millionaire. So, like, it is sometimes hard for them to go undercover because they're so notable. 
wrong. <laughs> but in this episode, they this guy did not know who Jonathan Hart was, even though he knew who his father was. <laughs> the Jeff Bezos Adventures, Undercover Jeff. God, if, if I'll tell you what, if Jeff Bezos looked as hot as Robert Wagner does in this getup. Like, can you imagine Mark Zuckerberg's telling everybody, like, by the way, I'm going to run my own detective agency <laughs> and like maybe puts on like a, a fake mustache and everyone's like, no, really? yeah, you're just making me realize how much more amazing Jonathan Hart is. He's just a dreamboat of a character, like a millionaire that cares about the little guy and wants to like spend all of his free time just trying to right the wrong, solve murders, like but truly he, he, the he hero we need. But he fools everybody with his dumb disguise. It's great. Um. I'm trying to think what what happens. My my notes get I, I wrote down so hot because he is <laughs> uh, so hot. Oh, they so one of the next scenes we see uh, is oh they're walking with the cop. There's this really quick scene of them with Lieutenant Gillis again where they're like explaining like yeah he hired a private detective. She has a twin sister, etc. And the cop is basically like uh yeah cool guys don't actually go do anything like he's. <laughs> Very yeah. highly inferring, like, do not do anything on the behalf of the LAPD. That is our job. You guys are just millionaires. But since it's the LAPD, they don't do anything either. Yeah, so they is, it's up to the millionaires to save the day. What a world. Um, this is a, this is like mere universe stuff. I know. It's a world I want to live in where the millionaires care. Uh, but it's also so, the LAPD not solving a murder. So, yes. you know. This is where Sarah delivers. So, like... Uh, Herb's butler comes up and he's like, I got delivered this invitation to meet with, I guess, the private eye or whatever. And he's who delivered it? Was it this woman? It was this woman. Oh my, like he's now, now the killer guy has an inkling that the lady he killed straight up alive, maybe a ghost. Yes. <laughs> I so, mean, it's, it's hard to say anything besides that. It's just like, that's where this ridiculous plot has taken us. I it's know. the old, it's the old scare the murderer thing. Which I'm sure goes back to so many movies in the 1930s. <laughs> like, we're just going to smoke out the murderer by, it, honestly, doing psychic mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Like, so, it's a trope. It, by the, 1980, it's already a trope. The next scene is them at uh, the office, and Jonathan's there. He's getting ready, and Jennifer is, like, just razzing him hard. Um, not not she, their office, by the way. The, 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 the private the investigator's private office. Yeah. So <laughs> they're, like, fully taking it over. And Jennifer, like, she... So this is where I call shade. Where Jennifer calls... So Jonathan is, again, wearing a gorgeous three-piece, like, brown suit, um, a fedora. He looks impeccable and and jennifer says like that's a quite that's a quite a spiffy outfit you got there and he's like i got it at a thrift store and now this is where the passage of time completely robs things of all meaning because in 2020 what he is wearing as marlo looks exactly as plausible as what he wears as jonathan hart yeah they do not look different at all and that's the kind of clothes that you'd expect to see at a thrift store. It just because in, in your mind, you're like, oh, I can get old 1970s and 80s suits at a thrift store. And sometimes you can. But yeah. generally that stuff is, is does it's that's in like um, vintage stores now where the price goes up. Yeah. I and mean, also his suits are so good. And also, also, like, if you get deep into the menswear hole, the things that Jonathan Hart is doing with his clothes is very, very 2020 because uh, menswear Instagram is just in its own world uh anyway um so the herb comes over jonathan hart's pulling his like shtick again and then he like i love this he tells the bad guy hey yeah you drive here your car might be getting towed (laughs) he turned into like a brassy dame all of a sudden so the bad guy goes and looks out the window and who does he see on the street corner outside but 
the woman he thought he killed his Sarah Morgan, bum, 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 the who, sister of the woman he did kill. Yeah, and he thinks that it's her. <laughs> Whoa! Um, and it this completely convinces him. And Jonathan Hart's like, "Hey, if you're having a hard time shaking that ghost, why don't you go see one of? I got a person for you who can help you exercise those ghosts or whatever." Like, I love that. Like, it's just kind of like, "Oh, I have, I have a referral service for that." Like. You need a guy to work on your brakes. I got a guy for that. You need a ghost get rid of. I got a guy <laughs> for that. Yeah, you know, I'm from a, the streets. A good private eye definitely has a Rolodex of services to offer besides just being a private eye. Yeah. Um, the next thing is the reunion. So then Jonathan and Max and Jennifer reunite Sarah with the grandfather, the million of the billionaire, whatever her, whatever his name is. Um, he owns half of California. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming cute. that the hearts own the other half. It's a cute scene. Yeah. Uh, then we get the scene with the the bad guy that goes to his fortune teller and his fortune teller gives a shitty reading she's like i see nothing you're obstructed blah 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 and that and that again is accurate what oh. she should have what she should have done was returned his money which i maybe she gets paid afterwards i don't know but maybe she's a retainer like a monthly you, subscription service if you're a psychic you should get paid up front and then if it doesn't work out because sometimes it doesn't you return the money just that's that's good business <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Just a little t- free but, tip from me. So when you found Ethan out, K. when you found out, because after he gets up and leaves frustrated and Jonathan and Jennifer come out and they're like, hey, thanks for a throwing. Did that, did that uh, justify it at all? That she was paid, uh, I guess she was probably paid to throw it. Well, I'm, I'm sure she was paid to throw it, but I think what the fact that she did, that she couldn't come up with anything is not something that's out of the ordinary. What, oh, what, a, okay. what a reputable psychic medium would do would say i'm not getting anything and and just and end it there and not make anything up and not try to do a cold read or try to like well she was making a big to do about it she was just like i don't i don't know what's happening like she was very um and in this quick brief scene jonathan is wearing an amazing leather coat that i wanted (laughs) to see more of it might be the same leather coat he wears in other episodes but again when the man gets casual it's lit uh, <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. The things that we noticed, because I noticed that they were talking in Hungarian. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So like, because <laughs> I think the Stephanie Powers is Hungarian. I think that the the name that she uses as her fortune teller is a riff on her actual last name or her family last name. Mm-hmm. That was an IMDb trivia thing. So this is all leading up to the thing, because they're like, we need to get him trapped. We know that he's like into psychics and we, we trick him into thinking that he is seeing a ghost. So if we trick him into thinking that his psychic is bungling, he's going to call Jonathan psychic. And who's Jonathan psychic? He is looking Jennifer. at you, kid, or whatever. Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer Hart. Yes. Uh, uh, <sighs> so. Uh, so then the, psych- the the villain comes to the Hart residence. He's greeted by Max as Baltar. <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, there's nothing bad I can say. Lionel, Lionel Standard lit up the screen every time he was on, even he was dressed like Max, whether he was smoking a cigar, whether he was yeah. dressed up with like <laughs> in like I don't the know turban and like weird robes, like he's like or whatever. Yeah, whatever he was dressed up as. It's great. And then he's like, "We're here to see Madame Feder Federkraut or Feder Carrick or something." Uh. This this line also so like when the bad guy comes in they're all seated around Jennifer makes like a big to do she's she's also dressed up in full like stereotypical I'm doing a high school sketch about being a psychic this is the costume I wear except it's funded by a millionaire <laughs> like uh can I can I 
have a really interesting piece of trivia, which yeah. I just learned. Uh, the house that's the, um, I think it's the, uh, the, the millionaire's house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Millionaire's house. Uh, that was a convent that was next to the LaBianca home. Which? Which was linked to the Manson, Manson murders. Yes, yes. And then yeah. Katy Perry tried to buy it. Yes. that's Yeah, I read that, but I read that before I'd watched the episode, so I didn't understand what they meant by the other house. And now, like, knowing that that weird castle thing was a convent, it makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Katy Perry trying to snatch up all them heart to heart. But she was trying to buy it because she was like, it's in my favorite episode of Heart to Heart. <laughs> I must I mean, own she, everything from this or episode. Or she could have just been really into the Manson family. Or nuns. And- did you know that that Trent Reznor recorded uh, "Downward Spiral" in the Tate LaBianca and in, in the the Sharon Tate house? The entire and double album, the, the entire album, and did not realize until later that it was the same house. Well, that's why "Closer" is a spooky song. And now it's been—I believe the house has been torn down. Well, you know, there's some bad mojo in there. So. This is this is this scene is perfect. The scene is Jonathan as Marlowe, full on 1940s hard boy of private eye. Jennifer as Madame Fender Kellen or whatever. I I can't read my handwriting. Full on psychic realness, and they are tricking this villain. Jonathan, Jonathan asks for a give me, give me a bottle. I wrote it down. A little bobble worth 10 G's. That's what I carry, <laughs> he characterized Give it. Give me the bobble, baby, the bobble. <laughs> it was honestly perfect. I just, I know, I, I just looked at it. It was just like, these are two really witch, rich white people just like dressing up and putting on a show. I know. And now, okay, uh, talking about, bring it back to the, the psychic world. Yeah. This was, this was more of a thing back in. I'd say probably the twenties to twenties to maybe the fifties or sixties. Like psychic parties. This this doesn't happen much anymore. But there used to be in show business, you had to be a specific ethnicity to do that kind of psychic work. Oh. And in some cases, it was Roma. Yeah, yeah. And some in some instances it was Indian. Mm-hmm. In a lot of instances it was uh, Chinese. But it was it was this idea of you know this is going to make me sound like such a pig, but it was like the mysteries of the Orient. Oh yeah, well you're talking about racist old movies, so yeah, exactly. like, of course. So, yeah, that, that was but, the that was the vibe of it. But it wasn't just had, old movies; it yeah. was st- people who did this. Oh, like, who just the, like the, had to hire. Like it's like okay, I can go in. I can just like do this. Or or like, we want to do, we want to do a seance. We're all rich people. We want to do a seance at our house. We'll hire, you know, Madame, you know, insert name here. And they came on and it was all shtick. Yeah. It was all, you know, their names were like, you know, Brian Porter and, you know, he'd bill himself as like the great Zandu and he'd come in with a turban and like jewels and stuff like that. And that was like part of the shtick that you didn't get cred in this industry, unless you had this one of these particular ethnic gimmicks, yeah, which has luckily, I want to say, 
largely gone out of style. Partly in... because of Stephanie Powers and Heart to Heart. Because <laughs> she it, just like, blew it out of the water. She does such a good news. <laughs> she uh, was so over the top. <laughs> so basically, like, she does this whole thing about just like she sees a celestial being. It's not a he, it's a she. It's hands, murder, etc. And then like all of a sudden through like green smoke, an apparition appears to all to to all of them, and it is Maggie slash really Sarah, and it's like and then uh, it disappears, and then all of a sudden the hand reaches on the bad guy's shoulder. It's Sari slash Maggie, Sarah, slash, and and he like pulls out his gun and he's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you, kill you for real this time. And it was a sting operation the whole time. You know that cop was there. That cop's always at their place. That cop is their best friend. That cop hangs out there on weekends, I bet. He uses their he pool. In, he was in three episodes. Yeah, so like... <laughs> what, what, the thing that got to me about it was the um, they have this green smoke and she appears and she disappears. And I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. How did they do that? And they explained it a little bit later. They said, oh, oh, it's all done with mirrors. And I'm like, okay, it's a Pepper's ghost effect. But that would have meant that one of two things, either the murderer had to walk through several panes of glass to get to the table, or while he wasn't noticing, several people had to bring in several panes yeah. of glass. <laughs> Madame, Madame Frederick or whatever was so captivating. Stealing focus. That, that several and it was teamsters dark. brought in all these these mirrors and glass in a very complex well compensated jonathan hart takes care of his employees he goes above and beyond as evidenced by this episode where he gets involved in a murder mystery because of one of his employees or it was a plot hole no no there are no plot holes on this show um there are so the end of it so there's sting operation comes out he has the gun and then jonathan or no stephanie like then chucks like Here's your bobble or whatever. She chucks the crystal ball at him so he will drop the gun and catch the ball. And then what does Jonathan say? Have a ball. Yeah. It's great. Was that a joke? Absolutely. Yes. Oh. Every single... (laughs) Every episode... What I love about Heart to Heart is every episode just like... It hits a brick wall at the end of the... Like, it just like... Modern television shows, especially if you watch any of those CW superhero shows, they are paced atrociously, where the action of the episode will end, like, they will defeat the bad guy, will get a cliffhanger, and then there will be a full, like, five to six minutes left at the end of the episode of just people standing and talking and, like, talking about their feelings and, like, what they learned and, like, moping around, which is totally, like, it makes me angry because even as recently as like Buffy episodes would end on cliffhangers or like they would beat the bad guy then we get like a little stinger and you'd be done there's no like there's not a decompression time heart to heart as evidence in this episode it's going 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 seance cops come out have a ball done you have to assume that he is arrested tried convicted jail like they don't and that is most every episode. It ends as soon as, like, the bad guy gets a gunpoint. Like, the cops get him a gunpoint. Yeah. Episode over. And I love that. <laughs> Just... And they come in, and they come in after the the last commercial break with the stinger. <laughs> and then they're, they're Actually, get, two of them. Then they get, like, a little bit of, like, business. They always have a little bit of business at the end, which is... So, have a ball, etc. Then we get the next scene, which is they are... Um, essentially, they've reunited. Right? They've reunited... Yep. Uh, the grandfather with 
Sarah the psychic. And they she's going to get all the money. She's going to get all the money, honey. Um, yeah. They see them off. They get back in the car. Jonathan is wearing an impeccable turtleneck that I just like swoon just the way that it hugs that chest that's his casual wear because this is this is them he's not at the office he's not he's not he's not chasing after criminals so he's wearing a turtleneck it's great um they get in the car and then max is like how did you guys do that trick with the ghost and uh jennifer's like oh it's a trick with mirrors and then jonathan says we know a lot of tricks with mirrors and then she's like, what? And then cl- that's it. That's in the episode. And it's great. I, and like the look on Jonathan Hart's face after he makes that s- stupid mirrors crack. He looks like he's just like, he's so like, I just said that. Like, I got away with it. Like, it's so coquettish. And like, uh, <laughs> you, you're you seeing uh, like a very good, like fangirly side of me that I think doesn't yeah. come out that often. Um, but no, just, I can, I can tell. He's I can tell. Um, just so fucking sexy. It's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, and that was, that was <laughs> the first episode I ever watched of Heart to Heart. You need to watch the uh, bodybuilder episode. Do you need to watch the episode where they all get hooked on dog food? <laughs> they get hooked on dog food. Yes, they make a dog food that's addictive. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> That's great. Um, are you ready for some must-have facts? Yeah, let's do it up. Okay, so I am typing these down. Uh, so, um, again, because I have a newspapers.com account now, check me out. I know that this episode was rated 27th for the week. So, um, oh, fuck, I didn't write down how many people watched it. I guess I don't actually know that information. So it's 27th for the week. It, the show did not, like, really hit its peak until, like, season three, I think, when it actually cracked the top 30. Um, maybe, like, top 20. Um, it might have also been a bigger hit in the season two. Uh, so the top five shows of the week were, number five was a show called Real People. I've never heard of that at all. Uh, four was Alice. Tied for two was Mash and Dukes of Hazard. And number one was 60 Minutes. What a weird year for television. None of those are interesting to me. No, Alice is an okay show. Um, I've watched a bunch of the holiday episodes of it. It's fun, but like... 
Um, and this is also like late mash. This is like season like nine, seven to nine or something. <clears throat> so the Tuesday night lineup, no, the Wednesday night lineup that this was part of, uh, was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Taxi, and then Heart to Heart. What a night. That's actually, that's a good lineup. That's a good lineup. But I will say, one of these things is not like the other, and that is Taxi. Taxi just sticks out like a sore thumb in that lineup to me. Because it was so good? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Because it was actually like a smart, well-written show with like actual, you know, no shade to like Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Three's Company, but like they were a more cartoonish style of sitcom. Yes. Especially would, when you're getting to like Happy Days in 1980, like yeah, that's, that's late Happy Days. That's the that's the Chachi years. Yeah. But I mean, I'd say that Three's Company... Three's Company, I I still enjoy a lot of Three's Company. It's farce. I mean, like, Frasier's a farce, so... Yeah, it's it's uh, Mr. Roper and Mr. Furley <clears throat> yeah. are two iconic characters. Uh, Don Knotts and Norman Fell, great heroes of television. <clears throat> this, you know, stage, so, screen, and the, <clears throat> the small screen. So a thing I forgot to mention throughout this entire thing about the uh, the gay credit of the show is that... So the consulting producer, one of the executive producers of Heart to Heart is Mart Crowley, who is the playwright that wrote The Boys in the Band, which mm-hmm. in the late 60s was like the one of the first, like, he's a gay playwright. It starred mostly all gay actors. It was off Broadway and it was all about it was the entire cast. The characters were all gay. It was about gay issues in 1968, 69. Um, and it was a huge sensation. I don't think it ever went on Broadway proper in its original run, but like... You know, like, Jackie O went to go see it. If that, like, people of that caliber, like, it was that level. And he was a screenwriter for it. He was the playwright for it. But, and he was best friends with Natalie Wood, who is Robert Wagner's late wife. And she's alive at this point, though, so we don't have to say late. <laughs> um, so, but, like, when uh, 1979 rolled around, Mark, Mark Crowley, like, was having a hard time getting any work because he's, like, an out gay playwright in the 70s and, he, like, hard-finding work. And Natalie Wood was, like, being the like badass boss that she was was like you you will work on my husband's abc show <laughs> and she got <laughs> like him that. hired he was the consulting producer and it is said it said in that um article that i read in newspapers.com of which i am a member um that it was actually mark point. crowley that was responsible for a lot of the specifically jonathan and jennifer scenes like those were a huh. lot of time improvised by the two of them or workshopped by this gay playwright and when you find that out honey it makes so much sense the like (laughs) campy like sexy tension there and i just love that it was enjoyable i i I say that for as much as i disliked his jokes and did not notice the wardrobe uh (laughs) i honestly thought that the that the the relationship between them was, was done really well well and they also so like one of the main things is jonathan and jennifer never fight like they never have an episode where they might get divorced. Um, there are a couple where they might, but you find out later that it was all a ruse to like trick someone because of course they never would. And they did a number of interviews being like ABC kept wanting to do an arc where we would like split up or like, and we wanted, we were like, no, we want to depict a marriage between two, you know, adults who still want to bone each other mercilessly. <laughs> like they never, <laughs> they wanted to show like a completely compassionate, romantic, fully like 
marriage of equals that, you know, it's great. And they have such great chemistry. And that's what you watch the show for. You watch it for the the suits. I also watch it for, I mean, so number one, I watch it for Robert Wagner. And then number two, I watch it for what Robert Wagner is wearing. And then number three, I watch it for Robert Wagner being sexy with Stephanie Powers. Um, And then number four, I watch it for... Just the campy ass villains. Uh, well, even listening to the thirst trap with Brett White. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this is really testing the listeners. Uh, who had the musty performance in this episode? Oh, you know, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I was trying to trying to think of like who it was, and. I got to say Max dressed as Bandar. <laughs> <laughs> That's specific. <laughs> Uh, yes, not any other. I mean, Max was fine in the other scenes, but Max dressed in this goofy outfit, trying to like give his lines all this like extra like gravitas <laughs> to them and just being like this complete third wheel. <laughs> yeah, he is really a third wheel in this episode. And that really bums me out. I wish there was I wish there was more Max in this one. Um, like, I, I can't give it to the murderer because the murderer was just smarmy. No, yeah, I can't he wasn't. Give, yeah, I can't give it to the psychic because she was just she was panicked all the time. Like, I can't give it to the the doctor or the cop. I can't. I, 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 you're going to hate me. Robert Wagner came off as a dick to me. Like he's his his jokes were just like so loud and brash and yeah. none of them landed. Yeah. It was just like this like <laughs> no, yes, and like I, you know, if people want to, um, you know, uh, deep dive me and do fact checking, you will see a tweet that I tweeted at some point in uh, April 2020, uh, where I was like, "Is Robert Wagner a good actor?" I actually can't tell. I think he's probably a bad actor. I tweeted that. Um, I, I would say, based on this episode, he was he was no great shakes. But now that is July, it is late July 2020, and I've seen almost all of Heart to Heart. Uh, I will rescind that tweet. Give him my musty performance <laughs> and say that he is um, a perfect specimen that you should just look at uh, at all times and listen to. And the way he wears a pink earring, god damn. Um, that second musty performance, oh, the, the pajamas. Pink- <laughs> god, they're such good pajamas. <laughs> um, and the fedora. So good. Uh, must other people see this episode of television? No. <laughs> No, that's 60 minutes of my life that I'm just like, it was 49. Uh, and then you got a delightful like, conversation afterwards. It was like 49 minutes of listening to a bongo solo. It was uh, just like, okay, it's not even a loud thrashing solo. It's just. Uh, like, no, I mean, I think that there, I mean, no, like, must you? No. Should you? Sure. Um, I do think there are definitely better episodes of Heart to Heart. Uh, definitely. Um, we, we, to be like to be completely transparent here, we did pick this one because there was we we're going to talk about a haunted house one. And I'm like, oh, we can talk about psychic stuff with the haunted house. And that's like, ah, but there's one about actual psychics. I'm yeah. like, cool, let's watch that one. The, the 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 Wikipedia description of that episode oversells the haunted house component because there is truly nothing haunted about that house. It's just an old spooky mansion. Um, but it's a good episode, and Jonathan Hart was a tuxedo the entire time, so I'm on board for that. Um, so yeah, I, 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 there are other episodes to watch of Heart to Heart that are better than this one, but this is also you know pretty solid one. Uh, honestly, just tune into Hallmark movies and mysteries at like two a.m. or whenever they play Heart to Heart reruns, and just watch whatever watch, watch whatever episodes coming up. I guess that you're gonna pre- love they're pretty. No, I'm gonna guess that they're pretty interchangeable. 
Oh, yeah, no, you like can some, wash them in literally any order. There is no continuity here. Yeah, I'm just imagining that they're going to have some kind of weird hook. This one's got a psychic. This one's got addictive no, dog food. Uh, yes. And you're just like, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. And it's it's just, it's fully madness. I mean, there are, there are whole sub-genres of Heart to Heart episodes. There's like Heart to Heart in like tropical locations. There's like six of those. Heart to Heart south of the border. There's like five of those. Like, there's just <laughs> a whole lot. Um, there's Heart to Heart in England. There's been two of those so far. Do they do uh, any heart to heart cannibalism? Um, there are a, I mean, there are a bunch of like regrettable heart to heart and like heart of darkness Ooh. type type deals. Um, yeah. So, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, listening to me be a fully like self indulgent asshole. <laughs> Brett, you know I will support you in anything you do. I follow Natty Newhart on Instagram. I follow Jonathan Hart style. <laughs> um, and if I, I, I will say it that if you, if this quarantine ever lifts and you invite people over to do a marathon on your birthday or Christmas or Halloween, Ugh. I will be the first person there. I will say there ha- there are there are heart to heart Christmas episodes every single season, and I'm saving them. I skipped. Oh. Them. I haven't watched them yet. I'll be watching you're, you're, them this you're December. Gonna sh- you're going to show them at your Christmas party, and everyone's going to be talking and busy with other stuff. No, I might. I will have a separate Zoom heart to heart Christmas party <laughs> where you'll just Aww. have to. Because I mean, real talk, we're fucking not going to get anyway. I'm not going to get into the hell that we're all living in. Honestly, this is why I am watching so much heart to heart. Is like when I put it on, I am going back to a time when, like. Just there were just like ranch homes and three piece suits <laughs> and everyone was rich and it's like a fully fictional version of the past, but it's still just like this ridiculously over the top glamorous you know, <laughs> fantasy I, I, to escape into. I think I've said this on the on your show before is that the way that Megan and I are dealing with 2016 to present is that we just got really into anime and manga. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's pure escapism. Yep. It is magical girls and, you know, people getting hit by a bus and go into a magical land. Like that's where we're at. And that's how we survive day to day. And I'm watching the complete fall 1966 to spring 1967 sitcom lineup in order. Um, have that's, you watched Three's Company? No, because you cannot find it anywhere. It, I believe it's oh, probably on DVD. So, like, it isn't yeah. even on like purchase on VOD, which is a pain. Um, so, but yeah. where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you about Heart to Heart? <laughs> if you uh, don't talk to me about Heart to Heart, that's the first rule. Uh, the second rule is uh, I'm on Instagram at Ethan K. I'm at Instagram at uh, at X Men Panel by Panel. That's one that uh, I go panel by panel and give commentary on the first X-Men issue. Uh, Brett, I know you follow that. It's wild because that issue is nuts. I haven't updated in a while because I think the world is kind of like a a place where we don't. We shouldn't be appreciating humor and goofiness. I think we should be taking the world. No, we should be taking the world very seriously. Um, Social justice. Uh, I think that needs to be taken more seriously than panel by panel X-Men jokes, but I'll get back to that too. And I'm yeah. also on Twitter at Ethan K. And uh, yeah, well, you'll find out where to follow me right now because that does it for this episode of must have seen TV, a special episode of must have seen TV. Apologies if this was um, greatly offensive to everyone that hates dramas. <laughs> of the 80s. It wasn't a drama. It was just a know, comedy that like, failed to hit. If this it hit, 
it hit like a sledgehammer. It hit like a big sledgehammer in a three-piece suit. Wearing a it, gorgeous uh, ID bracelet. It hit, um, like a, it hit like a stack of books dropping on my foot. Oh, loving it. Um, thanks again <laughs> to my guest, Ethan K, for dropping by and suffering through me uh, ogling Robert Wagner for an hour. <laughs> um, next time, I'll be discussing something that probably isn't heart to heart. But you know what, listeners? You might be in store for five more of these. We'll see. Um, there are five seasons. No, four more. There are five seasons. no. Because after they finished season five, they did eight TV movies. <laughs> so oh, Jesus my, wept. So my there might be a TV movie edition of this. Until then, I want to hear from all of y'all. Follow Must FC TV on Twitter and Instagram, and let's talk about sitcoms. But honestly, real talk, it's a struggle for me to keep up with all those because um, depression is real, anxiety is real, and keeping up with a whole bunch of stuff, just getting this podcast out on time, this ain't even going out on time. It's a it's a struggle. And I'm trying, and I hope everyone is okay with that. We uh, didn't even rec- we didn't even record it in one session. No, it was like two days. Everything's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> the head the heavens opened to stop this, but we didn't let it. Uh, um, if you like what you've heard, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts, which has been happening more frequently, and I really appreciate it. I read three more reviews in the last episode. Um, if you leave another review, I'll read it on the episode, hopefully earlier in the episode, so you'll actually hear it. Um, but also, hopefully, you listen to the whole thing, and don't just tune out when I start saying goodbye. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that are right at decider.com, including a uh, article called Heart to Heart is for the Gays. Something like that, very similar to that. Heart to Heart is like a gay, glorious gay dream or something. Um, it's my magnum opus about Heart to Heart and how fucking gay it is. Uh, please read it. It has so many great pictures of Jonathan Hart in it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting this nonsense. Thanks to all of y'all for listening. And I will see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.